Well, hello there, my little pigs. Time to get your mucky snouts stuck into episode 16 of the Simply Wonderful Whippets and Flat Caps. Don't forget to use those trotters to download and subscribe from your podcast provider and follow us on Twitter at Whippets RL. My name is Will Perry. I'm a pretty big deal. I should probably be doing this all on my own, but I'm joined by my two little hangers-on, the podcast groupies, as we call them, who want a slice of the pie, a piece of the action, a shot at the title, John Wilkin and Mark Flanagan. So another week goes by, gentlemen. Another defeat for Salford. Mark's been attacked by his own fans. John's even uglier and looks increasingly like Sloth from the Goonies, but with hair. Sloth, um, many of your own fans uh, hate you. What advice would you give to to your business partner and balding friend during this difficult time? Just absorb the negativity. Really absorb it. Enjoy I enjoy it. the negativity. Yeah, no. It's funny. It's, it's difficult times, isn't it, where the fans are... Uh, yeah, it vo- was uh, vo- vocally against. That doesn't you. seem very rugby league. No, does it? well, we didn't play well against uh, against Lee. They had a, they they did play well. Uh, we just dropped a lot of ball and gave a lot of penalties away and beat ourselves really. But that's I've, huge. That's quite a, that's quite a, uh, a good recipe to lose rugby matches. That exactly. It? Yeah. Oh, so go on. So go, go on. Well, I know it's, it's a difficult time for you, isn't it? You you want to joke it off and you know laugh around, but. Serious, you've been called out by your own fans. They hate no, you. No, I um, I went to clap the fans like I always do at, at away games because they they do make a uh, a big sacrifice financially and, and with the time to come supporters and I, I do appreciate it. But there was a couple, three or four guys who were just pointing at the rest, myself and the rest of the team, um, and calling us useless cunts. Oh, um, just it got quite. Uh, they were very aggressive with it and pointed and. Making uh, signs with the hands that are, they're a bit rude. And How bit many naughty. of these people were doing? There were about four. I tried to just memorise each of the faces. So if they ever, if they ever ask for an autograph or a picture or anything, I, I know which ones they are. But one of them, he was um, particularly aggressive. I, I, I was quite angry, so I just winked at him just to wind him up even further. And then he took to Twitter to um, give me some more abuse. And and then and then other messages came in on different platforms. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. I I am passionate the messages about messages were a rolling in. Yeah, there was a few. But I'm. Did it hurt? I, Does it hurt deep no, down? I I appreciate the support and I I appreciate that they're passionate and they want to win. But I don't think your team losing and uh, you your support of them gives you the right to call them every name under the sun. Even though I'm, I didn't play badly, and I, I think uh, over the two and a half years I played for Salford, I don't think I've ever given less than my best. So. Yeah, I think, look, criticism and praise comes in the same form, doesn't it? So when somebody's over the top giving you praise, which is just on the flip to Mark, probably what Saints have got at the moment, where people are really outwardly giving you a lot of praise, mm-hmm. then you have to take that in the same vein as you would the criticism. And there's extremes of it, isn't there? There's extreme praise that is probably with no foundation and there's extreme criticism, which is probably emotional and unjustified. Um, and that's just, it is sport. Everybody's emotional after being beaten. No, none more so than the Salford players, in my mm. opinion. There would have been nobody could understand how those players are feeling. Uh, the fans are obviously very frustrated. They've supported the club for probably years and years and years and have, you know, seen their, their side struggle. You know, they've obviously taken exception to the performance. But that being said, I know Flash, you know, if you, you could never question Mark's effort, never question his effort. Mm. I mean, question is, is maybe execution or you could question you know your ability to get things right that that that's decision making but not effort like you one thing i think about flash as a player is he his effort is always exceptional yeah well i'd say so but you know some people have different opinions there was a guy on facebook that messaged me saying your kicking game is so poor need to get back on the training ground <laughs> 
I, I kicked the ball once in the game. It was quite a good kick, actually. Mm. But throughout the season, I think it's probably the second time. Is that so I think I've got more things to work on. Is that aimed like at you or is that a team message? Is that no, no, because I did a, I did a laughing face back and then he replied with, seriously, you offer zero in attack. Your lines are terrible and you get dominated oh. far too much in contact. Oh. Now, this particular fella, has his profile picture is him and Theresa May. Right, well, let's not get So I just that. put, thanks for the feedback, Ash. You and Theresa make a lovely couple. And uh, then blocked him, so... And, and John told you not to engage with the trolls. Yeah, he did. But you I can just wind, wind people up a little bit if you... On, on, the, on the subject of trolls, um, John, you look like a troll. I do, yeah. And, and I, I know we, we, made a, we, made a, we had a big section, didn't we, last week about uh, how weird you looked with those kind of steak-coloured... It looks worse, though, doesn't it? You look... I mean, I can't take you seriously. You look ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. You know, you, it's funny having a face like this attracts all sorts of unsavoury people. You find, I think, sort of part-time sort of drug dealers will seek you out. Mm. Like, people who have got an unsavoury past seem to sort like, of... Oh, he's one of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's talk to him. Yeah. Like, oh, you're in the queue at, at Waitrose, wherever you think that I shop. They don't, yeah. they don't shop at Waitrose, do they? No, but you get people coming up to you and saying, well... I mean, oh, where you been? Been in you know, the scrap. Last no, week no, you were you, you were talking about you know altering markets and getting it, but I I I can't imagine they'd let you in altering markets looking like that. You, let's try to describe it this week. You look kind of uh, you know you look like the elephant man. If you, if you think of Boy George, the yeah. elephant man, and a panda, mm. and all of those people put the heads in blenders yeah. and then and, and reconfigured it into a paper mache style face. And I then wh whatever comes about. out of the bottom of that blender that has sex with Steve Bruce and Ian Dowie. And, oh, gives menage birth, a a menage and gives birth and gives birth to I'm just I've just pictured freak. Steve Bruce and Ian Dowie stand up sixty nine. Yeah. You I, I imagine genuinely in the olden days. You conceived they, doing that, John. If, <laughs> if, if they saw you, you know, wandering through um kind of oldly edge high street, they would get you like Gulliver's travels with all these big you know, these ropes. Bring down the freak. Well that get him like, down. You could do that anyway, well you're short enough. Well, you know, if you've got a normal sized rope, it'd look like I was yeah. a giant compared to you. Can I so go on, what happened this time? Well, I, I, friendly fire again. Wait, I got spatial awareness problems again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. Before the game, my head was still sore, and I still had two black eyes. But it, all the swelling had subsided. I'd say probably two. I don't know. Really early on in the game, yeah. there's a bit of a ricochet. Again, of heads. really early on. Yeah, ricochet of heads, and then. Did you get too carried away early on? Is this what happens? Is this nah, what... it was just it's just accidental. These things do happen, but. Um, I seem to just be getting my head in the wrong spot. It's quite <laughs> shocking, actually, to look at, isn't it? You, you, you um, I mean, you're, you're, you're shocked yourself by it, aren't you? I, I can mm. see that. I almost, I'm always thinking like you've had. Well, enough no, of I this. just can't remember what my head looks like. It's been sort of two and a half weeks. Is this the worst you've ever looked? Malformed. It was okay. Is this the worst you've ever looked in your whole life? Um, no. It's not. Definitely not. No. no. I'm just gonna take. No. I'm just gonna take a picture because this is I'm, probably the time uh, to do it. Just get in there. Just quite. I'm going to put this on the. This is, just this, look at me. Again, Here. this works well. No, turn the other. Well, I'm going to put it on the Twitter feed. Yeah, that's there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll tweet that out. You can see what Wilco looks like. But Thank um, you. Well, thanks for that. Uh, and let's all, when we have things that go. You know what? We've focused on two negatives here. Mark's getting. Uh, got hammered off his fans. Yeah. I've got my head hammered off the Castleford and my own. Well, my own team. Um, well, let's. Can we draw some negativity on your yes, life? You what's can. what's? Well, I'm sitting inside wearing sunglasses. Yeah, which is weird. Um, and you're hopelessly single. <laughs> single. Single. Is that what you've got? I don't know. What I was trying to think it's of negative pathetic. stuff. No, give me, not give a, us something not a negative. Secret girlfriend that no. they just keeping under wraps. Mm. Uh, on, <laughs> is, that, is, is that a yes or a no? Mm. Yeah, so no. Mm. Um, no. On the subject of the elephant man, yes. uh, Joseph 
Carey Merrick, born um, on the 5th of August, 1862, often incorrectly called John Merrick. Good lad. Uh, was an English man with it's a very like severe face, says Wikipedia, and body deformities. Uh, mm. And was the first exhibited well, at the freak show as the elephant man. Then went on to live at the London Hospital, where he met Doctor Frederick Treves. I'm conscious of, of drawing comparisons between someone with a serious genetic malformed head and me, but <laughs> I'm happy to do so. Let's all embrace it. Let's get used to it. Yeah, absorb it. Look, everyone, have a good look. Mark, yeah, you having I'm, a look? I'm enjoying do, it. Do, yeah. Does, does well. your wife Francesca have a free pass for for these weeks until you heal? She's, to, got, to, she's can have an affair to for get two with weeks other men until you get look normal again. Mm, she's got a whole pass. Yeah, yeah she, she can do what she likes. Get well excited. Yeah. Though. Mm. Slide right yeah. into those DMs. Um, slide into. You're too old to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna slide into a DM. <laughs> Sounds like she's got really big underwear. Or slide into a DM. Um, what else has been happening? Go on. Um, this week, well, Challenge Cup. Mm. Like, I mean, the Challenge Cup's been going on. So obviously. you went on the telly looking like that, didn't you? I did, yeah. I turned up to, um, sat in, as you know, Will, before you go on, on TV, you yeah. put makeup on yeah. just to stop you shining, not to make you look better. Yeah, well, which in you your case, educated to make you me. literally not scare all the kids no, off. No, but the Sunday makeup afternoon. artist said it's going to look strange if I try and cover up the bruising because it'll just look like you've got a big yeah. fat swollen head. Who are you with? Was it with Tanya? Um, it was with a team of people, yes. Okay. So with um, Chappers. No. no, so it was uh, it was interesting being on TV the day after this. My head was, uh, to be honest, I was sore. I was still mm. sore and very tired from the game. I bet you were. So, but a bit hungover. You had a few did the boys we had a few beers. Of, yeah, we had a couple of beers to yeah. celebrate a good win against. It's Cash. good to celebrate a win, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is because like, the going's tough and like we're going through it now. Yeah, um, you need to remember those times when you've enjoyed a win and you kind of you, you get a bit of camaraderie. Behind, yeah, I, I think so as well. And it's 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 something that's not as common now. Do you know, I'd say 10 years ago when we won games, big games, we'd, we'd all go out for a beer and everyone's different now. I think athletes are different now. People are way more conscious of what they eat and drink. That's mm. that's without doubt. People are more professional. Uh, but it's really Let's good. be less professional. Let's do yeah. that. Let's you're not like very that. professional. Like normally when, when we come down to where we're doing the podcast, uh, you mm. sort of, you'll, you'll come down a little bit early and you might or you might not go to the pub next door on your own. Um, like, order a pint is, and any, anybody who's listening in to this well, that's a fib uh, but you'll also you've play, never done that you, no you'll, no. you'll what my point of the story was you'll get on those kind of what's, what's the game called the um what's it called the little arcade oh, game well, on no, your own no, actually whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was, uh, whoa, 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 whoa i was early for the podcast yes one week yeah. and this is once right. i went for a drink yeah on my own we've all had a drink yeah <laughs> everybody likes a drink yeah um and there was a Street Fighter That's arcade it. game yeah. in there. So yeah. what did I do? Bang, straight in. And you're in your full blanker. kit as well. Full set Hellers kit. I was blanker. For an hour, I was blanker. You were a full kit I was, wanker. I, I was electrocuting people, Will. And if anybody who knows Street Fighter, I give Guile the hiding you, of his life. I just imagine you know, perhaps a St. Helens fan just who, being in the pub. Thinking, if you, John Wilkins on his own playing Street Fighter. He's having a breakdown. If you were, <laughs> drive to Dundee, he's got Hey, I one Toblerone. Not, not, uh, not a small one, but a medium-sized one. Um, well, if you were to be a character out of Street Fighter, are you aware yeah. of the game Street Fighter? I'm aware. Fighter? Of it. I was more. I was more kind of uh, oh, f- fencing fan. sensible soccer. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, that was my. Sort of, that yeah. is old school. Yeah, Sega yeah. Mega Drive. Yeah. What about you, Flash? You, you Nintendo man? No. Uh, just me. Then. All that shit. Mm. Just me. Um, did Did I play football with Pep Guardiola this week? Uh, let me think. Yes, I did. So, oh, and, uh, did, and was it all over your social media? Probably. Yes, yes it was. Probably. But, you know, uh, when we often refer back to this Damien Hughes episode of Whippets and Flat Caps, what an episode that was. Pep episode Guardiola. 12. Was it episode 12? Yes. Oh, Great best episode. One, yeah. 
today. Yeah, today, today. Because we hardly spoke. Yeah, That's today. Yeah. So good. But, um, <laughs> true. so true. But yeah, who would have thought, you know, played on the same pitch as Pep Guardiola at the Etihad Stadium. At the Etihad Stadium. Turned up, all the kits were in the dressing room, names, numbers, full kit, socks. What number were you? Number two. Oh, yeah. oh Gary Neville. It's a bit shit, isn't it? It's a bit like take, take, <laughs> That's take, not you. Take it Will, Will, you're not number two. <laughs> I, uh, look how I'm, look how mad he is at his number two. <laughs> no, no. As in, like I'll take number two, but that's almost suggesting that like, I'm going to take this really seriously. I'm going to play number two, and like, I should have just got you know 69. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> you should have. Ironic. That, that'd be ironic if you yeah. did, wouldn't it? Yeah. The state of but your. It was, uh, but like you know, we, we walked then we walked down the little tunnel. The, the sign that says Manchester City down the stairs you know Pep Guardiola insisted on having stairs rather than you know around. I reckon we've mentioned him a lot at least too much twice an episode for the last too five episodes but I didn't deliberately go and play football with him so we can mention it more I just that didn't no. happen did you speak to him at like let's talk you're talking on this is very surface interaction yeah. what you're talking about here there's no yeah. legitimate conversation or what did he say to you um, he, he he got he, to do it in the accent as well. He, he said as much as as, as Noel Gallagher said to Mark uh, in that, that on that fateful <laughs> ta, day. Ta, <laughs> ta, ta, ta for the coffee. Ta, ta, ta. Because <laughs> no, the thing is, I speak I speak to him a lot. I interview him a lot. I see him on a weekly, fortnightly basis. So, and I'd never dream of asking him for a photo throughout the season because that's just unprofessional and uh, and that's not really my style. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a picture with him because as a City fan. Guardiola at the Etihad, both in our kits. I thought that's this is the mm. this is the chance, and I gave him a nice bottle of wine. Was it professional? Did yeah. What did you bottle give him? What yeah. interesting was it? Did you go generic? Did you go Rioja? You went to Rioja, didn't you? I actually uh, gave him one that probably tastes like vinegar. I gave him a bit of an old one, but it looks good. Probably will never drink it. And, one of and your old one, yeah, one old, of the trust fund wines. Oldie, an oldie. Mm. They, they look great on the outside, bit like um, bit like meat, but inside there's some real, <laughs> real problems, <laughs> vinegary, real issues, sour, real real issues. But he came on. He played about half an hour, a few touches. You know, you kind of he sort of came on with that. It's kind of like oh, <laughs> I'm better than you at football and life. Uh, and just sort of, you know, knocked a few balls around the park. Actually played in Paul Dickoff, which is quite surreal. Bit of a, a symbolic moment. Great lad. Great lad. What a lad. Yeah. I've had a couple of beers with Paul Dickoff, right? You know, when people have a character, like the, almost a caricature of themselves on a sports field, aren't mm. they? Paul Dickoff's one of those guys. So feisty as a footballer, wasn't he? He was tenacious, mm -hmm. aggressive. Yeah. He was competitive, probably disliked by a, a lot pest. of fans. He was a pest. Yes. Off the field. The most chilled, most humble, quiet. Yeah. Like he's, he's not what he portrayed. Oh, a yeah. good bloke. Oh, a real he was. Good bloke. He was. He was very, very angry. It was. It was almost like it was. Um, you know, it was that. It was that playoff final in ninety nine against Gillingham at Wembley. He, he was screaming, effing and blind at the referee. I thought he was joking at one stage, and I tried to pull his shorts down. And he was being dead. Dead serious. Well, you're in his like. It'd be like you. It'd be like you. It'd be like you when you're filling in for one of the presenters on BBC when the whatever. What did, what did what, James when Haskell I, say when when they've got for a toilet break and you, you get a I, chance? You mean when I present the Super League show this summer? Well, oh, are you allowed to say? Is that, that an exclusive? Oh, wow. So Will is at the start of the podcast. Obviously, reference that we had nothing. Essentially, me and Mark of leverage our profile to enable Will then to access a paid gig yeah. for the Super League show. Do you want to so, give it to charity? No, you should be thanking us. Okay. Just thank us now. All right, thanks. Thank for what? what for, and me. For the opportunity we've given you, Will. Yeah. Okay. as well. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Point. Mark. Thanks, John. Um, <laughs> Cheers. You are. But yeah. Uh, Mark, anything happened head. in your world before we move on and, and talk about something no, more interesting? No, I'm pretty boring, aren't I? So. You are pretty boring, yeah. Well, just sat up and watched paint dry. Yeah. Okay, let's do let's do question time. Yeah. 
and then we can stick forward in afterwards. Oh, you fucking... You're, why are you such a villain? Uh, oh! oh! Whoa! <laughs> what have you done? That was ridiculous, what you just did. <laughs> Over-the-top aggression, you said that, don't you? Is that not your What own, have you done? Is that you're not your own line? <laughs> he poses. Yeah, but, but I didn't even touch it. Even, I nearly touched it. Over-the-top aggression. For what? For what? touching a spot on your leg. Don't do it, then. We are right. still recording. Um, That's the, your line as well. What's just happened here? I'll, just, I'll let them continue back. What's just happened here? I'll talk like uh, David Attenborough. These uh, two, two beasts, beasts. have... Um, well, one of the beasts... Near the right. we witnessed the Flanagan the, in his natural habitat. The smaller beast just poked, just poked you, um, completely off mic and out of character, in, in your elephant man face eye, mm. didn't he? Yeah, he's How trying to feel? poke the bear. How did that feel when he did that to It you? felt lovely. And I, I don't... I don't um, Condone it. No, he's, that's just what you expect. He's had a tough week. Mm. Well, our guest this week is a big dog, born in the same town as Mark Flanagan. His dad played with Mark's dad, Terry, at Oldham in the 1980s. His surname is the same as a famous American car company, but as far as I'm aware, uh, he has no connection with that company. Our guest was the youngest rugby union player to make his professional debut in England at the age of 16 and 237 days. He was nominated for the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, the young version, in 2009. But because he's from Oldham, like Mark, he probably has no personality. He was a, a former neighbour of Paul Sculthorpe. John, Mark, put your hands, your dishevelled hands together, whippets and flat caps. Welcome the England and Leicester fly half, George Ford. Is that we, are we clapping? We're actually yeah. clapping. That was a little George, clapping, George. George. No, we clapped, we did. We did. We slapped our thighs anyway. Yeah. That's, so that's almost the clap. Firstly, George, any stories living next to Paul Sculthorpe? Did, have you, for example, climbed a tree uh, to look into his bedroom like John Wilkin used to do to Paul Wellens? <laughs> no, none of anything weird like that, really. Um, no, other than obviously I, I was a lot younger when when living next to Scully, but he used to come home from training. I can remember him uh, driving and driving an Audi TT, um, Ooh, and he used to get straight straight out of his car and come out onto the road and kick a ball about with me and my brothers and obviously seeing him on the TV at weekend and, and having having him live next door to you he's pretty starstruck so that was cool living up, cool, uh, yeah. growing up and Saints is your team isn't it yeah 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 so obviously through Scully I had him living next door I used to watch Saints all the time and they were on the team yeah Good lad, good, who, good who, taste is, you, you're, at the moment George you're at, you're at Pennyhill Park on England duty aren't you yeah, we're actually in Brighton this week, but Penny Hill next week, yeah. Oh, OK, because Penny Hill Park, to me, seems like, uh, and don't get me wrong, I love the concept of it. It's this big, old, old hotel, big old fireplaces. It's like, it's essentially a massive lads camp where you sit around playing blackjack and drinking bottles of scotch and <laughs> deliberating yeah. around a fire, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's right, especially, you know, with these rugby union lads there. Uh, that's what they like to do, get a cup of coffee and play a board game in front of the fire, which is a bit different to... To what we do, I suppose, from being up north, but uh, you just got to embrace it, buy into it, I suppose. On that subject, uh, as a as a dirty northern monkey, so it's basically you and Owen Farrell sitting around talking about Lowry paintings, cotton mills, rugby league, and, and the Labour Party all day. <laughs> no, mate, we uh, we separate ourselves from all that stuff. We actually uh, we actually try and find a game probably rugby league to watch, whether whether it's Super League or NRL. Um, try try and stick to what we used to. Really, we can't we can't quite buy into all that all that that the older lads do. You must get this the stick there from being the, the northern lads, but Haskell must be ribbing you left, right and centre. Yeah, they, they call... Um, they call he's, uh, even though he's me, not in the camp. The butcher boys of Grimsby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, none of them can understand what we're saying still, um, which is a bit a bit of an issue. I mean, we've got taught the most on the field, but um, yeah, no, to be fair, obviously there's not many northerners in the team. There's 
there's me, Owen, uh, Danny Kerr's actually from up north, but yeah, we, we're, we're the minority, that's for sure. Now, you grew up playing rugby league, didn't you? You played for Waterhead and then, was it 15, 16, you, you had a decision to make, you could have signed at Bradford, or it was Leicester at the time, wasn't it? You... Yeah, that's right, yeah, so I, I grew up playing rugby league since I was young, really, obviously following what my dad did a little bit, and then I uh, went to rugby union school, year seven, played a bit of ball for a while, and then, like you said, it's 15, 16, I had a decision whether to go down the rugby union or rugby league route, um, and it was obviously Bradford at the time, um, or Leicester, um, and I was so close to signing a couple of years in rugby league, I wanted to really spend a couple of more years in the game and, and try and give that a good crack, but um, yeah, a bit of bit of advice and a, and a bit of thinking about it, if I was always going to play rugby union, I thought I might as well go then and try and learn learn the game from a, from an earlier age so that's what swayed the decision in the end well well I, I knew your coach when you were about 14 15 um Keith Brennan and he was talking about you and he said this kid is something special he said I don't know if he'll play league or union but whichever he picks he'll play for England and this this was at 14 he said <laughs> you mark my words and then only a couple of well you weren't even around 20 you got the chance and you've not looked back really so um I th- think there are some child prodigies in, in sports and some people are always destined for the top, aren't they? I don't, I don't think you were one of them, were you, John? No, I certainly wasn't, no. <laughs> Mate, on that, you know, obviously, the league and union, the two vastly different games. Me and Mark came to watch you uh, play Worcester. Um, I play uh, Sale Sharks, sorry, um, at the AJ Bell Stadium. Mate, I was watching you there, and I was trying to get my head around, you know, the, the, the similarities in, 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 in your position as an organiser and influencer of the game to rugby league. Um and, and you are very much a controlling halfback. You push and pull people around. Could you ever see yourself, um, or, or you know, could you adapt yourself to, to rugby league? Do you think? I'd always love to. Yeah, I've always um, missed the game. Having come to rugby union, I love watching it still. Um, and I think uh, you know, an halfback or a standoff or a scrum half in league, you know what you're going to get a bit more. I think you, you know that. Uh, you're going to get the ball for six tackles and you're going to get a certain amount of sets each game or whatever it is. In rugby union, it's a lot more inconsistent. You're not sure what you're going to get. There's um, so many things that can affect the game, whether that's the weather, you know, your forward, your forward pack and the set piece and, and everything that comes with that. So um, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to have a crack at rugby league. I think that my, you know, hopefully um, my involvement, if I did play, would be a lot more than it probably is in rugby union. And that's what you want to do at the end of the day. You want the ball in your hands. So, um I'd love to give it a go. And that, that being said, what, watching you uh, play against Sale, well, I think I spoke to you after the game and said, look, you're playing maybe two, three players in advance. You you were picking corners off with your kicks, but you were just um, moving the ball around, nudging your team around and then taking your opportunity to to, 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 um, to take chances. I mean, is that how you work? Are you constantly thinking ahead when you're on the field? Yeah, I think so. In, in Rubin, I think... Um... Obviously, it's it's a little bit different in terms of there's there's 15 players on the field, so there's potentially less space. Um, but teams are defending a little bit differently these days, putting a lot of numbers in the front line. So it's just about getting to that space wherever that is. And like you said, sometimes you got to think a phase, two phases in advance. Um, you know, setting one play up to try and manipulate a space elsewhere. Um, and that's where the game's gone, really. The teams are getting better defensively. Um, but it, it, a bit similar to rugby league, that the speed of ball from the rook is crucial. If, if you can dominate collisions with your carries and get some really quick ball and get it in your scrum half hands, you can then pass you the ball, then you're, you're playing like any other game of rugby. So uh, it's all about trying to get that, really. 
So, George, you say you'd love to have a go, but is that just a, a sort of throwaway line? Or do you think, you know, because what are you, 25? You've got plenty of time on your hands to give it a go. Will you have a crack at rugby league? I'd honestly love to, yeah. I've, to be honest, I've still got, obviously, um, I want to achieve a fair bit more in rugby union, yeah. Um, and I, we've been 25. Um, I've still probably got a few more years, you know, left in this game. But, um, yeah, I'm not just saying that. I would actually love to to have a go at rugby league again. I think I think it'd just um, bring back some memories of when you was as a kid, you know, when you just get down the field with your mates um, and just throw a ball around. And, and that's what I grew up playing rugby league. And, yeah, I've always missed it. It'll, it'll be interesting, won't it? Because, um, you know, the perception of rugby league, and listen, you've been on the verge of getting on Lions tours, you know, and winning Six Nations titles with England. You, you're, you're at the very, the higher echelons of, of rugby union. Um, to, to come to, to rugby league, what, what's your perception of rugby league? I know it's been in the family with Mike, but what is your perception now just looking at that game? Um, rugby league, is that, sorry? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, it, it always looks, you know, to me that the the way the the lads have got to put the body on the line for 80 minutes in in rugby league. I mean, I make about eight and maybe nine tackles a game tops in rugby union. You see, like the guys in rugby league making 30, 40 tackles, and it's just like you look at it thinking fair play and the amount of involvements they have um, in the game, whether that's in attack or defence. It's a really, really tough game. I'm not saying rugby union isn't, but um, I just think that yeah, the, the dynamics are a little bit different. Obviously, I've always got that affection towards it because my dad played it growing up um, and that's what we did as well me and my brothers growing up but yeah I'd, I'd just like to I don't know I'd like to have a crack in the arse one day and uh, I'm not saying I'd be any good by any stretch but I just think I'd enjoy it so we're in England camp at the moment mate Eddie Jones for me as an outsider looking in is, is he seems an intense chap but but an in, I can imagine being an, an enjoyable coach to work with yeah I think with Eddie you can tell he's um He's been around the block. I mean, he, he, he's so experienced and in what he does. Every game, he knows exactly the plan, the strategy that we need to win that game against any team. And um, I think that the biggest thing is the way we the way we train here. Um, the intensity is one I've never experienced before, the way we train here. We don't train for very long, but um, the intensity which we train at really sets us up well for games. And I think that's what the main thing Eddie's brought in is, is that how we prepare. Um, and you actually get to a game and... I sometimes feel very easy compared to training, so I think that's what's uh, stood us in good stead. Yeah, Justin Holbrook, our coach at St. Helens, actually practices his really similar philosophy in the game. We we try and train. We have GPS on as you guys would do, and we try and get to that meters per minute that we would achieve in a game plus, you know, plus maybe ten meters per minute. Trying to just go above game intensity at training. Um, yeah. Like, so, and when you've done that, George, through the week, you you do actually bounce onto the field, and you feel as though you can deal with the intensity of any game, then, don't you? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, Eddie always says um, you, you don't know how far you can push your body. So um, that GPS stuff you were on about there, they use it massively here in terms of accelerations a minute um, and stuff like that, and, and the and the distance you cover, but not just like how far you run, but the quality of involvements in that as well. And like you said. You, you don't know you don't know how far you can push your body, but you know if you do your recovery stuff well and stuff in the week, then you actually go into a game uh, feeling really good and, and flying about. So um, yeah, it's, it's actually been a bit of an eye opener to be honest. Is this a good moment for the England team, George? Because you know you were on cloud nine for so long, no one could beat you, no one could get near you. Um, Eddie Jones was the best thing since sliced bread. Look, he's still an unbelievable coach, and to still all right not win the Grand Slam, but to win the Six Nations title again is, is a huge achievement. But to actually 
be able to go uh, on... Uh, what, you didn't win the Six Nations title. What am I talking about? Sorry. To, to, to not win it and then for this for this chat to come in about Eddie Jones, oh, changes need to be made. And, you know, the year before everyone was, was on about England being being invincible to now be able to go to South Africa one of the hardest places to tour and question marks starting to come in is, is there an element of like that that could be a positive thing for the team yeah it does yeah I think like, like anything a new, a new coach comes in you're probably going to have a, a successful period of time we had a first good couple of years under Eddie we, we, we went on a great unbeaten run um, and we learned, we learned a lot about ourselves whilst winning but I don't think you ever learn as much about yourselves until so you lose a couple of supporters. Um, and if we use it in the right way, I think it would be the best thing that ever happened to us because we'd have probably been a bit naive to think uh, we weren't going to come across a, a bit of a bump along the, along the road at some point. Um, but the main thing is now is, is learning from that stuff, you know, the Six Nations especially. And, and it's, it's highlighted a few things in our game that we need to fix up and get better at. And hopefully if we um, work hard and work smart as well and add them things to our game, we'll end up coming out the other side of it. How, how tough is South Africa going to be? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Um, they're they're on the up again now a little bit. They've um, got a really good forward pack, a young forward pack, and just recruited a really good coach um, from Munster. So uh, we we know it's the first thing that the South Africans do. Obviously, South Africa is to try and beat you up physically. So there's gonna be a big job in our hands there. Um, but we're gonna to have to play smart as well. It's not all about trying to run over the top of each other. You know, there's there's other ways to be smart and, and get around them. So um, it's gonna be challenging in all areas for us. Now, one last one from me, George. Um, you're obviously 25 now. You've got plenty of time left playing, probably predominantly union, maybe a stint in, in league. What are you going to do after you finish? Because we were speaking on Saturday and you were uh, pretty keen on opening a coffee shop. Yeah, uh, I've <laughs> always been interested in um, in trying to get yeah a little business going. Uh, a bit jealous of you two, to be honest. But um, Did you not learn uh, any no, lessions from James Haskell? George, so you, you, can, went, you can James buy Haskell's... my shares, mate. You can buy mine. <laughs> We've got to sit in business meetings with Mark. Um, I'd, I'd, I would love, I'd love to have a crack at coaching as well. I think, um, I think, I just, you know, you, you obviously play the game because you love it and you're, you're a bit obsessed with it. So, um, I've heard it's very different, obviously, being a coach than it is playing. But I think I'd like to probably stay in the game in some capacity as it stands now. But you never know. Ask me in a few years' time, you might be sick to death of it. But um, yeah, obviously, I'd, I'd quite like to have a crack at coaching. Yeah, stay away from them big South Africans. All yeah. right. Keep your shirt Who's that? Just set the scene for us. You're in Brighton. Who's that in the background making all that noise? Uh, I'm just sat in the um, in the lobby. I'm having a uh, coffee and reception here, mate. There's a couple of lads next to me playing Scrabble and stuff. Scrabble? Um, a couple of the England boys. Who are no, Go on. No. Who is it? <laughs> Who's playing Scrabble? Uh, <laughs> I can't name them. Mate. If it was rugby league, they'd be playing Snap, wouldn't they? We're all jealous because they've got degrees. <laughs> yeah. so they were only jealous. Who, who, who are you uh, rooming with, George? Um, so I'm actually rooming with Cameron Redpath. Um, oh yeah, Brian's son. Brian's son, yeah, he's obviously coming in. He's, he's only 18. He's actually just told me he's still doing his his exams as we speak. Oh, good um, on him. So, uh, yeah, he's Scotland, Scotland fans he's furious, furious that he's decided yeah. to play for England. But he's a real good lad. He's he's willing to learn. So uh, yeah, it'd be good to get to know him. Yeah, and and you've got uh, our friend who we call the Snake. Cipriani back in in camp. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's got a semi this week with Waspers, so um, he's not he's not in camp yet. But um, yeah, that them guys, whoever loses the semi, will come in next week, and um, and then the final the week after before we head yeah. to South Africa. So is there's it, a few guys to come back in yet. Is that a good get for Gloucester, Sips? What's that? Is that a good get for Gloucester? I think so. Yeah, I think um, 
yeah, look, the way he's been playing. To be fair, I think Gloucester got a good couple of tens already, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, anyone of, of Sipsy's quality to, to go to a team behind a decent part is going to be a threat, yeah. Mm. Well, uh, George, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, take you back to when I was at Harrow. We'd kind of throw eggs at the likes of you and Owen Farrell as you walked past our windows <laughs> in your Kappa tracksuits. But, you know, now you're mixing with all those public school rugger buggers. We can... Oh, sure, we'll get you speaking right. And, and maybe... See you up here in a St. Helens show. I haven't lost the accent yet. Have I? No, <laughs> no, you're right. Hey, you're okay, man. I was happy with that when, this, when I met you. When we had a chat, I was happy with that. I tell yeah. you. It was good, good How about one. that? George Ford, 2020-2021 season in playing halfback for St. Helens? You still oh, yeah. be around, mate, I'll, sign, I'll sign him up. We now. still be playing, John. We mate, still be playing. I'll be I'll be limping round, mate. Don't you worry mate, about that, yeah. George, George. If you've seen John's face now, he looks like a, a, a sort of a mix of Steve Bruce, Ian Dowie, the Elephant Man, slash someone who's been put through. A I saw that. I saw yeah. that on the BBC yesterday. I got my head in the wrong spot, mate. It's not good. That's what I'm saying. Keep away from them big South Africans. Yeah, well, mate. Mate, go and smash the tour in South Africa. We're all behind you, and um, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you in rugby league soon. No worries, pleasure lads. Thanks Cheers, George. Cheers, Paul. Thank right. you. Cheers. Bye bye. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the drifting edge off. Get him off the field. It is question time on whippets and flat caps. Question time. Question time. Question time. Question time. Um, first question on the list this week for episode 16. Uh, it's not a question. Well, it is a question, but it's weird. Matthew Healy says, Can I ask the same question as last week? We replied, Yes, that- Matthew. And he hasn't replied with the question. <laughs> that's going to win. I so, think that's the best question. Uh, still waiting it's on that one. Um, so Gavin says, uh, good name. Why so much ill-discipline this weekend in the Challenge Cup? Sloth. Well, you had some ideas on this, didn't you, Sloth? Well, yeah. I think when you get Super League teams and Championship teams, when they play in the same competition, I, I think the, the I was speaking to Brian Noble, who's involved at Toronto, and he was saying the level down is a lot more physical at times, is not ill-disciplined as such. There are very professional sides at that level, but ill-discipline is probably more frequent. And I thought what you saw is the, the Super League sides and the Championship sides have a real tussle. But ultimately, when it came down to it, the, the, you know there was, there was ill-discipline probably both ways. What do you mean? Because you've got smaller dogs coming up against the bigger dogs wanting to prove something. Yeah, potentially. But I think also look, the, the, the styles of play in the Championship are slightly different. I, I can say that from experience. I, I played for OKR in, the, in that first division many years ago. And don't get me wrong, it's changed and it's improved and it's way more professional than it was back then. But back then it was tough. You know, you were getting punched in scrums. You were... You know, there was there was a lot of eye gouging, scrotum grabbing going on, that sort of stuff. Ooh, and um, rose tinted scrotum. Yeah. So that was the. I thought it it didn't show up great, did it, for the Challenge Cup? That there was that many cards in the Thursday was it Thursday night game? Featherston against Featherston Hull. against Hull, mm. and then again on that, you know, the game on the Sunday, Toronto Warrington. Um, I thought Toronto had a real crack at it. But let themselves down with with, with discipline and well the, on and that, that on that, that subject no helmets required so did yesterday's game on BBC Two do rugby league more harm than good Toronto's behaviour refs Mike uh, score blowout length of game Noble stonewalling John's face you'd, you'd have to say yes <laughs> for, for the first few there, <laughs> you'd have to say yes for the first few yeah. I think Toronto's approach to the game in the first half when they threw the ball a bit around a lot and asked some questions of the Warrington defence was great it was great to see because they've got some talented players but I think going into the game, um, they would have known that had both teams played well, they would have lost. So 
there was a, I think there was a little bit of let's put Warrington off the game, let's have a bit of niggle in the game, let's slow the game down. And we actually played Toronto in the Challenge Cup last year at Salford, and there were similar tactics were used, and we got a player sent off as well. Um, and there was a bit of niggle in the game, and it was it, it was quite stop start, and it kind of suited their their get their game. Um, but obviously, it, it didn't go well. Yeah, I, I just think they got that wrong because they, they they were beating Warrington through playing rugby. So they were just out playing Warrington early doors. And they really probably should have gone in at half-time, 12-6 up, 13 men apiece. Uh, but that, that didn't obviously didn't didn't happen. And the sending it? off was ridiculous because we, we've both played with, with Andrew Dixon and um, it was something and no, nothing and they were both squared up. And He's a chill, pretty chill he, guy. Yeah, he? and um, it was not, nothing punch. He kind of, his hands were, weren't, um, re, they were pretty restricted so he couldn't get, land a decent punch anyway. Yeah, no, it, well, I... I it was frustrating for me watching the game and I was working for the BBC and watching the game and you felt like Toronto had done all the hard things, they'd prepped really well and come into the game with a plan and the plan was to move Warrington around and I think what that did, whether it was by design or or just by accident, was that it tired Warrington out, that movement. They took that Warrington middle pack of Chris Hill and Daryl Clark and you know Mike Cooper and these guys who, you know, you need your energy levels. I thought it drained those guys of, of their energy and... And, and Toronto created some chances. The the, I think there was a period about twenty minutes into the game. Toronto had passed the ball eighty times, and, and Warrington had passed it twenty five. And I thought that showed that they'd come with a real flamboyant sort of attitude to how to play. But unfortunately, what we'll talk about is the real discipline, because that was ultimately the reason that they lost the game by as much as they did. I, I honestly think Warrington were too good and would have come back in that second half yeah, anyway. I. Th- I felt for the lads who were on the field when they were down to 10 men because there was so much space for Warrington to attack and you're on a hide into nothing there. There's not a lot you can do, is there? Like they have big fellas coming onto the ball and, and there's just so much space. Warrington, Warrington are dangerous enough as individuals when you give them limited space. So you give Charnley and, and you give Lynham, you give you know Atkins and Ben Murdoch Masilla you give them space and, and limited numbers of defenders and, and you're in trouble. And Toronto, and ultimately, in my opinion, got what they deserved out of the game. And that was a real shame, not just for Toronto, but for the game itself. I thought the, the ill-discipline that we'll talk about and that we have talked about and that will be talked about in the press this week defined the game and that was a shame. What about the, the ref, Mike, then? Who was it who had a chat with the referee? It was Josh McCrone, the, Josh McCrone. the Toronto captain. Let's have a listen to it now. That sounds like when I broke up with my last girlfriend. Respect what, is a two-way street. Get, get in the we're bin. Finished, we're finished. We're get finished. We're finished. Get in the bin. <laughs> but go on. Who, who's in the right there? Who's in the wrong? Um, well, look, there's two sides to it. The one, Ben Thaler's frustrated. Why? Because it's been a difficult game to referee. He's had a lot of things to sort of decipher what where the rules are and what the you know disciplinary issues in the game. He's frustrated. Um, Toronto frustrated probably because they felt the the. the we're getting some rough calls and that they were on the wrong end of the penalty count, which which they were. But in my opinion, a lot of it was deserved. Um, 
ultimately he was in the wrong. Josh McCrone's in the wrong, isn't he? You can't. He was having a sensible conversation. I think with the referee, well, he, made he, was, he made his point to begin with, and then when the referee said, Have you finished? and then said his piece. But the referee and made then he, it aggressive. And then he, no, I don't think he did. Then he interrupted again, and then I think there's all, only going to be one winner there. You, you can't get into. An argument. Is a captain like not allowed? Is a captain? Uh, to is, a certain extent, he is allowed to speak to the referee. Actually, yeah. but you can't just be like. As long that. as it, I, I felt like Josh McCrone approached it in the right way. Yeah. But ultimately, when the referee says to shut up, you've got to shut up, and then if you don't, then there's consequences. But he's got a point. Respect is a two-way street. In, in... But well, of course he's got a point. Of course, but then, he's, got but a then point. he's got to respect the 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 refs. Yeah. When he speaks, so it's contradictory in it to say, well, respect. You got to respect the referee's authority upon the game itself. I thought yeah. I thought it was that it was banging, banging the right the referee. It was that was you can't just play that, that in isolation on its own might be harsh. Yeah, but that was piggyback. what we do sensationalise things. Piggy, I know you do. Mm. Piggybacked upon five or six decisions that were really, um, you know, really close to that that moment. And, yeah. and that was the reason that he got the yellow. No helmets required. Good question. Got us talking, didn't it? Um, John Davidson didn't even put a question mark with this, but just. Uh, just put a picture of John uh, with his head probably before it bruised up. Has he has he stretched that on some sort of edit tool on on an app? It looks you look weirder than you look now. I think when you take pictures of a TV screen, yeah. perspective is distorted. Yeah. Um, Scott Barrow, who would come out on top in a round robin competition between a team of Paul Wellens, uh, a team of Paul Skullthorpes, um, a team of Sean Longs, and a team of James Robies. Good song that, isn't it? Mm, all you need is a team of Paul Wellens. A what? Yeah. Talk, team, team of Paul Wellens and what a team, team of Paul Wellens is that who you're going for yeah you've got oh. to have you yeah what? no it's a tight one it's very close Paul Sculthorpe it'd be weird wouldn't stage. it having, having 13 it depends Paul what Wellens stage if it's right now James Roby would win money mm. let's be honest but are we talking about in their pomp right at the peak of their I wonder careers. if they'd all get freaked out they're like you look exactly the same as me oh my god so do you maybe, and you, maybe and you do as well maybe they wouldn't have the right yeah. blend though you know, like in terms of a team, Skull, I think Skull is more of an all-rounder. He's big. He's fast. He's big. He's big. He's, he's red. His feet stick out the, the bed. bed. James, James Graham. Graham. <laughs> so you're going for Paul Wellens. Um, you do have to answer these questions. You can't just kind of. I'll go Skullthorpe. Skullthorpe. He's from Oldham. Yeah. But great question, Scott. Great question. What does he look like? Does he look like uh, a good guy? Just a picture of his kid with his thumb up. So can't really tell. He's, he's, he looks like <laughs> unless a good guy. A, unless he's three years old. He's a great Scott. lad. No, yeah. He's a great lad. Be good if he was three years old and he came up with that question. Probably doesn't remember Wellens and Skullthorpe in their prime. Maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Um, Super League Pod. Uh, they say, have you guys, uh, sorry, have the guys played in many games like the ones at Featherstone or Warrington this weekend? I've never played in a game where we've been down more than two. I've been down two players in a game, mm. but I've never been down three or four. Like that, that's just exceptional. For this to happen on the same weekend as well, it's mad, isn't it? Because yeah. it's almost like the laws of attraction. I think Thursday, there was a lot of cards. The game got out of hand and then the referee tried to control it with a, a machine gun fire of yellow and red cards like mm. flying around. And I felt like at the weekend, it was like, well, what do we do in this situation? Let's just get the cards. Well, yeah. Send I for think, the cards. I've finished. I've finished. I've finished. Right I'm finished. The Toronto lads might have seen the Thursday night game and said, oh, I fancy a bit of that. Yeah. You never know. A bit but of niggle. It isn't. It isn't new. That is exceptional sort of cardage. Yeah, I can't remember playing in a game like that. So that's a no. Really. No. Mm. Uh, Nicholas Fletcher. Uh, other than a rugby league professional player and a coffee shop owner, what would your dream occupation, in brackets, realistically speaking, be? Will too. Oof, you go first. That'd yeah. be good. I need time to think. Go on. You go first. I need time to think. Right, John. And you're good on your feet. On your feet. Go. Oh, um, 
Only Ooh. I went to Morocco, right, to a little fishing village called Essaouira, and there's loads of dudes there who were just surf instructors. Yes. And they had like that. such a cool life. Mm. Like they were chilled out, a couple of beers at lunch, go out, take a class or two, surf some waves. I think actually there's only a handful of things left in the world that are genuinely cool. Everything else that's cool gets hijacked by people. Yeah. So for example, fashion, like things that are cool get hijacked by either hipsters or by some group that yeah. makes it eventually, it becomes uncool. Mm. Well, I would say maybe skateboarding and surfing, those kinds skiing. of things. Yeah. Skiing uh, two, as well. Two things you, Snowboard. three things you can't really do at the Remain moment. Remain cool. Yeah. I think surfing because you do it on your own. It's yeah. not you don't go out there and Instagram yourself surfing a wave. It's purely a personal thing. So I'd love yeah. to be a surf instructor yeah. or just a surfer. Well, you're looking at someone who used to be a ski instructor, so you know you can live your life through me vicariously. Um, Mark's still thinking about his perfect occupation. No, I think it'd be something uh, very steady, librarian, uh, yeah. working a factory. Yeah. Something that you know, I get my four four weeks holiday, yeah. Yeah, decent Tes pay, Tesco's, good pension, just a junior accountant, yeah, assistant to the, the regional, regional to the regional manager. Well, you know what you need to do as well is well, you need to remove um, boss model management from your stuff. Why? Because you're not re you're not a model anymore. Yeah. I still get asked to do castings. No, you do not. Yeah, I do. Since you've had your hair, have you yeah. sent any recent? They shots? haven't. They haven't seen any recent. Since you lost his hair. No, but since that, you, since you look like you do the, re the this iteration of Mark Flanagan, yeah. has that image been sent onto the model management company? Mm. No, but no. I think I think it's still. Let's do it. Hand. Why the, don't you do the, it? Send one in of Mark's new head and say, yeah. oh, "What do you think?" The, the production team really don't like the bald guy. I mean, I love them. You keep them going all, all year. Well, but it's not the bald guy. Production team. No, no, it's not. We the bald. can't reveal who, is, who's is, on the production team, but production team. They, they might be bald and they don't like the jokes. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're not talking about him being bald. We're talking about being actually su substantially less better looking yeah. since his incident. Uh, ben Cartwright, uh, what sport does Will Perry? know that he could destroy John and Mark at? Quite simple. Skiing. Skiing. Uh, in brackets, he says, you can't include polo. <laughs> He's got you pegged. Uh, He's got uh, pegged, uh, pegged with polo. No, that's crooked. Ben Cartwright. Ben Cartwright, um, actually a friend of the podcast, owns a gym called M3 Perform. Another friend of the podcast. How many have we got? M3. You know why he chose M3? It's the postcode. Pathetic. I thought it was after the BMW. Moving on, um, JBB says, where did John buy the Star Trek mask that he wore on telly yesterday? I have a lot of Klingon-related <laughs> chat going on. I've had a few Klingon pictures. A lot of Joseph Merrick, yeah. the man with the vicious genetical him. mutation in his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great guy, though. Yeah. I've had a lot of, there's been a lot of taunts towards me, but that's fine. Um, Tim Griffiths says, have either of you done a refs course and or would you consider it in the future? Can you imagine Mark no, Flanagan being no, a ref? No, Zero no. respect. My former agent suggested that once. He said, oh, what, what? Model agent, your former model agent. No, rugby agent. He said, what? <laughs> that would what? be good if your model agency said, <laughs> have ever, Mark, have you ever considered becoming a, a sports rugby league, referee? Rugby league referee. <laughs> <laughs> we need a change, uh, Mark. Uh, yeah. Are there any, are there any former players who are, who are referees? There was a guy called Jamie Bloom was doing it. So we've actually really got a problem, I think. I don't think there's enough... People, people want, want to be wants right. to do it because we scrutinize it's not like an, an amazingly high profile game no. so we had Chris Foy on last week and mm. the attraction to being a Premier League rough referee is it's probably the pinnacle of sport and it's, it's top level it's yeah. um, you know big stage. Well, he said it himself didn't he, he said I couldn't yeah. play football so I wanted to, to get the next yeah. best thing but for, to be a rugby league is referee the next best thing? You, do, <laughs> you do get criticised a lot Yep. You, you, look, I think the players in general treat the referees with a lot of respect. We've got that, haven't we, in general. 
and maybe the Josh McCrone incident aside. Um, but you do get criticised a lot, and our coverage focuses a lot on the referees. Mm. So we've got refs, mate. There's lots, there's lots of implications to getting it wrong, and I'm just not sure we make it attractive enough financially or career-wise to attract people to do it. Because we, I don't do it. Would you? No way. Not a chance. Would you do it? Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know the rules, but I'll uh, give it a go. Uh, John Isaacs. So. <laughs> you, penalty, why? Why? Don't why? Like why? why? Don't it's finished. Like it's finished. Don't it's finished. Like it. It's finished. You're in the bin. You're in the bin. <laughs> Let's <laughs> put them all in the bin. What school did you go to? <laughs> Not Harrow. You're in the bin. <laughs> Working class scum. Um, classism again. John Isaacs. If a union pro club approached you a few years ago, would you have given it a go? No, I would have to be a long time before I've started playing professionally because it's too hard of a game as a forward to transition. Mm. I think. Yeah, I'd have loved to give it a crack, but again, timing and whatnot. I, don't, I just don't know if I'd be good enough. I don't think I'm quick enough to, to play any position. Where would you have been? Outside centre? Well, I think instinctively, yeah, when I was younger and I had a bit more leg speed than I do now, yeah, I, I think I'd have played centre. But mm. now, you know, I'd have to play a flanker. I'd just have to be that guy who sticks your head in places it shouldn't go. Yeah. And you end up looking like this. Langers, V2018. Another catchy handle there, Langers. Uh, top podcast, guys. Really enjoying it. As the second best rugby league podcast out there, what do you need to think you need to do to catch the number one at Super League Pod? I think we need more insight from professional players, more yeah. better guests, Ooh. more guests. Ooh. Uh, better anchor man, yeah. I'd say it'd be good. Yeah. What do you um, think? But what? thanks for the question, Langers. Yeah, and we'll give definitely. Super League Pod a good listen and a good plug. They follow us. You know, we're all friends, aren't we? Mm. Um, Howard Mayers says, question to all of you. How long would Will last in a game of British Bulldog featuring Salford on one side and St. Helens on the other? Will you get a sporting chance as both teams would be blindfolded? You are um, quite quick, apparently, aren't you? Yes. You tell me. So you, quick, yeah. If we're all blindfolded, Very you, quick. You, yeah. Yeah, you might last a while. <laughs> extremely quick. Well, you're not extremely I think you quick, offered me out uh, to a race down Dean's Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'll race you. Yeah. He's carrying a bit of timber though at the minute, aren't you? He is. He's He's one of them skinny fat lads. I'll race all of you. All all of us. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah, and if you win, then we'll just we'll stop you and beat you up. Right. You won't catch me though. Yeah, we will. That's the whole point. Um, You can't outrun us. Probably wouldn't last long, Howard. To be fair, because I can run fast, but not for very long at the moment. Um, Paul. Paul. uh, Inverted commas. Ellie says with Lee turning over Salford. Uh, are the middle eights going to be the toughest yet? And do we stick with the same format for 2019? Do we continue with Magic Weekend? The odd number of games could mean middle eights than top eight this time. I don't like the playoffs. The, the, I don't like the middle eights. I don't like the, the setup, but it's the way the game's chosen to go. Um, I just think it, it, it was designed to create jeopardy, wasn't it? So you had to start the season well. So if you didn't start the season well, you were a chance of being in the middle eights. And then it created interest at the end, obviously, because you go into the playoffs. I understand the reason behind it. It's this KPMG, like I said, we spoke about, I think, in one of the podcasts, had done this study. And one of the problems was that the game had got loads of redundant fixtures that didn't mean anything. And towards the back end of the year, teams that didn't have anything to play for, those games were almost... Felt like they were they were non events. They were poorly attended. Mm. Um, I think the game's got it? bigger issues though, bigger issues than the structure. There was eighteen hundred fans went to witness and Leeds in the Challenge Cup final. In the Challenge Cup, fuck it, in final. In the Challenge Cup, eighteen so hundred people went to watch Leeds and witness. Now that is a top line professional sport. It's pathetic is not good enough. Mm. And I had a good chat with Dennis Betts, who said something like. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in a lift with you and Tanya? Um, no, he basically said, 
this is he had a really good theory and something I'd not considered. He was like, well, the reason the Challenge Cup and other things struggle for people to attend mm. is season tickets. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Season tickets. In the season tickets. But he said, no, the season tickets is still a relatively new concept mm. in rugby league. So, say in the 90s, season tickets were just starting to come in. And he was saying, every game was just pay on the door. So, a season ticket induces you, or it gives you a perception of value attached to just attending the season, games through the season. Whereas the Challenge Cup now is just an extra on top of that. You know, but well, teams, it's the same in football, isn't it? Yeah, it is the same in football. But what I'm saying is, Dennis said, look, the, the, the extra cost, the, the amount of money that the, the everyday rugby league fan has is only can only go so far. Yeah, so they so fork out for season ticket. They prioritise they kind of maybe that's, that's playoffs. Season paid for. Or yeah. if they get to the Challenge Cup final, well, we'll wait and see if we get to the final. If we get to the final, that's another expensive yeah. sort of trip, isn't it? There's a lot of money that has to go out of a rugby league fan's pocket to support their team to the big games. And and I think, you know, we, we need season tickets. Why? Because clubs rely upon the cash flow of getting that big lump of money in at the start of the season and then dripping off through the year, don't they, when it's quiet? Well, we need the TV deal to compensate teams enough where that maybe a way of doing it would be to scrap season tickets or yeah. to offer vouchers for the Challenge Cup round. Vouchers, vouchers. That, that's, that's taking voucher. the game forward, isn't well, it? Here's your voucher. Here's, here's, your here's your voucher. Here's your coupon. No, uh, you can go and get yourself a little um, packet of Ribena and um, some Munster Munch crisps as well. Enjoy the game. <laughs> Pathetic. <Yeah. laughs> what an idiot. Uh, Dan says, uh, have you ever been in contract negotiations with a club and not ended up joining have any uh, of yous, spelt U-S-E, that's awkward, uh, ever had a really strange term in any of your contracts? Um, I've, I've had negotiations where I didn't go. I got off the really? contract from Huddersfield. Ooh, um, the team last week that you said you'd never play for? Well, no. Retire? Well, no. They, they offered me... Was that when, when Dennis Betts was there? 21, he's never been there. When I was 21, <laughs> I, they offered me a good contract, actually. It was more than double the money that I was on at the time Ooh. to go okay and why didn't you go it's still probably more money than I'm on I've been on in my career actually right this is an exclusive um, and I didn't go great question Dan we've we've discussed why didn't you go um, because I hadn't won what I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve and I looked back and I thought well the amount of money is not going to be enough to change my life like change my life yeah if it was enough money to change my life I would have gone okay but it, it was nothing that could change my life so I thought well what do I want out of my career? I want to win things. Yeah. Who okay. was the coach then? Um, let me think back now. Tony Smith? John Sharp. I think it was John Sharp. So, so would any amount of money have got you to uh, Huddersfield? <clears throat> I don't think so. Not at that stage of my I career. I don't think so. No I, amount of money would have taken John Wilkins well, to Huddersfield. Well, that's just everything's got a price, Will. Like you would go and present, you know, a on Dave, program yeah. on Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Military TV digital channel conquest will <laughs> will presents uh, wars you've never heard of <laughs> i'll do anything for money no, um, I, no I think look i there's there's always a value in there so you, you've got a value in the game because it's a salary cap sport that doesn't actually differ between clubs too much so i made a decision where about that i wanted to play for things and 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 look i'm, I'm quite romantic about my rugby career and i've been fortunate and don't get me wrong that, that doesn't mean that other people are wrong to do so but I really wanted to look back and just think that was it, you know, that was me. Mm. And I, I respect people who move around and, and that's fine. I just, I think that was my sort of mindset. I wanted to be attached with one thing. Yeah. Whether right or wrong, it's probably financially the wrong thing to do. But Huge, huge shun to the Huddersfield fans and the club. If you want to get in touch at Whippets RL or you can uh, find John on Twitter as well. He doesn't go on Twitter. So. 
I don't think so. Um, Sam Crossley, who has tweeted in questions before, what's the funniest, most bizarre rumour you've ever heard about yourself, Mark Flanagan? I, th- I think we've had a few people thought we were like a gay couple when we opened the coffee shop. You're not that. Yeah. No, we're not. No. Just, just to... I can't take you seriously while you sat like that. <laughs> it looks like your testes have like swollen and you're really trying to create enough space for them. I've got big rose-tinted testicles. Lovely. Bizarre Mine rumors, was that I've just someone had said... We would make a lovely gay couple, I just met my... Yeah, said, congratulate me on the birth of a child and said, oh, we'd, we were chatting to you in Whiston Hospital just after your baby was born. Right. Where's that? Um, in St. Helens. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I don't have a child. That I wasn't know. in Whiston Hospital. Yeah. But they were telling people in, in public that this had happened. And I was like, no, 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 it hasn't. Any stories about you, Will? Any rumours that you're a bit of a knob? Um, oh, plenty of those, yeah. Plenty of those. They're not rumours, are they? Just facts. Oh, they're um, Nothing, no. Stephen Watson, not the former England midfielder uh, and former assistant manager at Macclesfield Town. What's his picture? Does he look like a Watson's farmer? picture. Uh, it's a, again, it's a picture of his kids. There's a theme here, isn't there? Is your relation to Ian Watson? Uh, what, at Salford? No, if this is Stephen Watson who owns a farm in Cumbria we went camping on his land I've just clicked on his uh, picture so he says father of two husband of the uh, two most beautiful girls in the world senior VP I meant the two most beautiful girls in the world husband of the two most beautiful girls in the world no father of the yeah (laughs) husband husband of the most beautiful girl in the world sorry (laughs) sorry Stephen Uh, strategic growth Um, Canada there we go Canadian. A lot of can- Canadians are. Um, and he says, would you take Zach Hardacre over Sam Tomkins, which is essentially what we're about to do, isn't it? Yes. You would? No, no, that's what they Ooh. are doing. So we'll take your first answer. No, we will. No. That, what do you mean? Would you take Zach Hardacre over Tompkins? Well, we're going to have. Well, we're going to let Tompkins go to bring in Zach Hardacre. Yeah, we're going to have. So I'd, would I'd, you? I'd take Sam Tompkins over Zach Hardacre. Okay. So you've got, you got the question mark, which is ironic because you normally you're the slowest. No, one. I think it's it, it, there's not much in it. Zach Hardick is younger, but has obviously had his tr- problems. Yeah. Sam Tompkins is proven, well, sort of class player. Yeah. But, but probably physically, you know, I don't know. He's only 29, isn't he? I, think, I always think he's older than what he is, Sam. He's been around for mm. a bit, hasn't he? He's been around for such a long time and been at the top of his game for a long, long time. Yeah. It's uh, it's too close to and call. But with, with all that's gone on with Zach, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Ooh, sort of Oh, comes state. from the, the school of second chances. That is rich. No, no, I'm saying I'm not sure mentally, like that time Oof. out of the game and how, how we cope with that. That's right. my issue. Um, Gaz has tweeted and said, what's the weirdest place you've fallen asleep? And is this John with a picture of a man with his trousers down on the toilet? Is that you, John? Can you confirm or deny that in the green mm, t-shirt? I think it looks might, like you, might be it? you with a mullet. <laughs> yeah, Where yeah. have they got that picture from? Don't know. Don't know. Uh, says Gaz. Um, so yes, it is you, but no, uh, it's where's not, the weird... It's not, it's not you. <laughs> no. And where's the weirdest place you've fallen asleep, John? Um, you, is it you? You no, can find it on there if you want to have a look for yourselves. Um, Gasburn. Weirdest uh, place you've fallen asleep? Um, in a bath. That's not an weird, empty bath. That's my an, empty bath. Oh, an empty bath. Oh, an empty oh, bath. Yeah, now right, it gets okay. weirder. Oh, it, wow, it, that's weird. Yeah, bath full of skittles. <laughs> uh, there's skulls in there as well. Real human skulls. Yeah. Mm. Nope, not answering that one. Well, no, You're not very quick today, you guys, are you? I'm worried about it. Maybe, I know you've had a knock to the head, John, but... Well, you have. Um, okay. What about you, Will? Why don't you answer these questions? They're not for me. It's not about yeah, but me. You, no, no, you, know. you, you, you want to be part of the show when you want to. Yeah. Where's the weirdest place you've fallen asleep? Sam Varley says, John Wilkin, with your face like the top shelf of a dwarf's fridge, both, what is the greatest try that you've ever been involved in? The top what, shelf How is that a segue into that question? Let's just think about the what a dwarf's fridge looks like. It'd be like. empty, wouldn't it? So you first... A dwarf's fridge. Well, he wouldn't be able to top read the, sh- exactly. the top so shelf. Exactly, so there'd be nothing on it. 
So there would be, n- yeah. Oh, so unless the, there's, no, there's nothing in your head because I don't get it. Yeah, no. It's, it's, Please, can you explain? Switched that? off. I yeah. switched off. So, um, greatest try you've been involved in? The million pound game when we won mm. at the death. Mm. Good. That was a good try. Yeah. 20 meter that was. cut out pass by uh, yours truly, yeah. whatever. Yeah. A couple on, more. On uh, Paul says, would you rather look like Sloth from the Goonies or be bald? And I don't know whether he's seen your face this week and this is just you two or that is just a complete question out of the dark yeah it would probably be bald bald or bald wasn't Sloth from the Goonies bald bald exactly yes, yeah so it was yeah point. right okay I'm, yeah bald you're going for bald, yeah, bald uh, okay bald. and last one here from Nick uh, Nick Weston remember Nick Weston regular yeah regular um, at Sussex Merlins is his Twitter handle where's the stash I'm in need of a t-shirt with whip it 12 duck sized horses and a horse sized duck I don't think I'm alone in wanting this niche that'd be a t-shirt I'd wear it can we get production on that please? we need to get production on that don't we production uh, there's a couple of secretaries to... over there just... a couple of secretaries. when you finish making that cup of tea could you go and sort out the t-shirts <laughs> please um, I've just tweeted a picture of your face John which is getting a bit of uh, air traffic in there so that's going to do nicely um, what's going in whippets and flat caps Simbin for episode 16 sloth John, sloth. your sloth your sloth oh I'm a sloth yeah. right thank you um, I am going to put into the Simbin this week season tickets season hold on you just you you've just talked about the game evolving, having season tickets. Yeah, no, no, you no, you didn't listen. No, no, because, so you're your saying season tickets. Well, you're saying season tickets ruin the Challenge Cup. So that's why no, you're no, season I'm, tickets I'm saying been. the the concept of season tickets. I, I, if we took them away, no one might turn up. No, but this is your opinion. That's right. your opinion. Will when okay. you when you get to give your opinion on the show, we'll yeah. nod when we both nod. He didn't want. Yeah. We didn't want to answer the questions before. I'm just it? clarifying no. for the listeners that you want to put all season tickets in the bin. I, yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. I think let's think of a different ticketing method. Okay. Mark Flanagan. I haven't got anything for you. Mark Flanagan. What about if I throw my voice and pretend to be Mark Flanagan and put my yeah. second choice? Go, go on, on. Yeah, let's do that. Ill discipline in the Challenge Cup. Ill discipline in the Challenge Cup, says Mark. Why is that, Mark? Uh, card, lots of cards and it ruined the spectacle. Lots of cards and it ruins the spectacle. And, yeah. You'd make a good ventrilo- <laughs> ventriloquist controller, wouldn't you? Thank you. Um... Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Don't forget to download the podcast from your podcast provider, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you go for that. Follow us on Twitter, at WhippetsRL, and we'll be back with John looking even weirder next week. Bye.